Welcome back to GPR News. We are witnessing a galactic event. It would seem that the captain of the SS Avis, hovering just outside the Annihilation Station, is making his way to a diplomatic meeting with Lord Dark Death Xavier. We, uh, we go directly to the Emperor's chambers. Yes, you wanted to set up this meeting. Yes. So, Mr. Death. Yes. I'm sorry, I'm not familiar with your name. I am the Dark Lord, Death Xavier. You may address me as Dark Xavier, Death Xavier, Dark Lord Death Xavier, Dark Death Xavier, Death Dark Xavier, Xavier the Dark Lord of Death, and Steve. I'm gonna go with DDX. So DDX, tell me, why did you bring me here today? Your ship is unlike any we've ever seen. Yes, it is a fantastic ship. Yes. Full of a brilliant crew. Yes. The best crew a captain could have. We would like for you and your crew to join the Galactic Domain. The Galactic Domain? The Galactic Domain. I'm sorry, we're part of the Intergalactic Union. They say what? The Intergalactic Union. We called it intergalactic, but we did not realize there were more galaxies when we named it, but it sounded so good. So, so you're already a, a part of a club? Yes, we've got a group that we work with. Yes, but do you have the stress? I'm not sure what that is. The stress. It is a power that surrounds all living things. It penetrates us. It binds us together. That... Do not underestimate the power of the stress. It sounds very restricting. No, actually, it is, it's very freeing. But it binds you together, and it seems like it's very restrictive. Yeah, well, well, when you say it like that... I, I have something similar. I call it the charisma. Oh, what is that? Can you choke people with it? No, I... Have you ever choked a person with the charisma? No, but I've done a karate chop right to the neck. Mm. Uh. I don't have to touch people to kill them. What's the fun in that? Wait, what? Very impersonal. No, I, I, I look at them. I... No, you tear off your shirt and you wrestle them to the ground. I, I can't tear off my shirt. My what? shirt keeps me alive. Your shirt keeps you alive? Yes. You see all these lights and this, this button right here? This blinking light right here? What does this button do here? <coughs> yeah, let me press it again. <coughs> that is my lung. Ah. Please do not press any buttons on my shirt. I will no longer press buttons on your shirt. But still... To fight a man, you get hand-to-hand combat or a good phase blast. No, I have the stress. Have you tried a rock? I will demonstrate for you. (laughs) See, that is the stress. 
I am dumbfounded. Could you teach me how to do that? No. It's, it's, it's not for everyone. Not, not everyone can do it. You have to be a special person. Only special people can do it. All right. I, I, but wait. You're not special. I'm charismatic. I don't care. I don't know what that is. You know, I'm quite fond of you. Oh. Yes. Oh, really? You just seem like a guy I could get along with. Well, that's, that's really nice. I, I, I would like that. Yeah, we, maybe we can get a drink or something. Something like that. Yes. Charisma. GPR Sports, I once again am Shizzy Bravo. I am here today with one of the top rod racers out there today. Introduce yourself, please. Hi, my name is Scregs. I'm 10 years old. 10-year-old Scregs is the youngest rod racer to date. Is that not correct? Oh, yeah, I started when I was seven. Excellent. Now, prior to your race record, the record was held by one Alkaline Sky Dancer. And uh, he was a legend in the rod racing. Oh, that guy? Uh, I don't really think about him much. He kind of just disappeared with his godfather or something. Or something, yes. But now you've been ride racing since you're seven years old. How did you start racing rods? Oh, well, um, because I was ne- neglected by my parents. And uh, so I just, uh, it was kind of a hobby to, you know. The age-old story, ladies and gentlemen, of greatness coming from distress. Now, how do your parents feel about you now? Um, they're dead. Excellent! That's fantastic. More distress means more success to come. I sure hope so. Now, what is next for you, the ride racing champion? Are you going to travel and ride race around other planets? Is that the plan? Uh, we'll see. I'm getting a bit big for my rod. I'll probably have to build a new one, but, um... Hold on! Is it true, then, that you built your own rod? Oh, yeah, absolutely. At seven years old? Oh, yeah, with my friends Tiddlywinks. Oh, yes! Jason. Nice! That's fantastic. Tiddlywinks and J... What was the name? Jason, I don't know. He's from somewhere. All right. And you built this rod. What did you build it from? Where did you find the parts to build your rod? Oh, uh, we just came across this dump one day, and um, we got really bored. So we collected random stuff that we thought was cool. And then we realized that some of them made sparks, and so we put them together. Fantastic. Many of our listeners might not realize this, but that is how rod racing got started at the very beginning. It was many young people, not unlike yourself, who got together and found pieces of machinery, jammed them together, sat in them, and started racing them. Mm -hmm. It is 
an age-old story. It is an age-old sport and one of the most exciting sports of all times. I definitely agree. Uh, yeah. Now, have you ever been injured in rod racing? Oh, well, yeah. I mean, see, this leg isn't my real leg. This no. Is, no, no, it is not. Did you build that leg as well? Oh, yeah, out of uh, possum bones. Wow. Those are hard to come by. Yes, they, they are. But, I mean, in the dump that we have on our planet, we find almost anything. That's quite a dump to have ready on hand. You are really just prepared for any eventuality. Now, many rod racers have sadly died. Oh, yes. Both Tiddlywinks and Jason are dead. Ah! I did not see that one coming, ladies and gentlemen. I am so sorry about your friends, Tiddlywinks and Jason. Yeah, I loved them like brothers. This is an awkward moment. I feel like it's best to just sign off now. So, ladies and gentlemen, this has been GPR Sports. I'm so sorry. One of the things that you hear a lot about in the news today is the spice epidemic. The spice epidemic seems to be uh, on the lips of every politician. Well, before the, uh, the purge of Congress, of course. But it was something that was widespread and understood to be the most lucrative of criminal practices, spice smuggling. We actually have a spice smuggler here, uh, a well-known spice smuggler, among smugglers, of course. Um, uh, would you mind yes. introducing yourself? Uh, my name's Grog. Yes, Grog. Grog, you are on many a wanted poster throughout yes. the galaxy. Yes, uh, absolutely. I'm actually very proud of that. Right. You're, you're wanted uh, on, on nine systems with a death penalty. Is that yeah. correct? Yes. Uh, our location is hidden. Right. Yes. Um, so, um, uh, how would you characterize spice smuggling? Uh, um, it's very lucrative. I've uh, I've made uh, most of my money off of spice for mm. the last uh, five or so years. And, or, um, or and so, uh, uh, how often do you run into the authorities while smuggling spice? Quite often. Uh, usually, we can just uh, blast them and keep going. Uh, it, but they've really, really started to crack down. Hmm. Hmm. I understand. I understand. So, uh, can you tell me about your latest brush with the law? Uh, we we came across uh, a land that very not very densely populated. Uh, we thought we were just it was just going to drop and and fly, and we were trapped. Trapped oh. on the planet. Was it a was it a domain trap? Did they set it for you, or they, was it a, a natural occurrence? No, they set the trap. Well, yeah, they set the trap, and we had a really hard time getting out. We had to maneuver quite deftly to just get past all of them. There was there was hundreds. And if you don't mind me asking, uh, this obviously takes great skill in piloting and uh, and and combat tactician and stuff. Uh, were you military trained? Uh, no, but my pilot was. Oh, excellent. So, yes. uh, so your crew has a, a wide variety of skill sets. Oh, absolutely, yes. You can't run an organization like this without having the right crew. Hmm. 
Uh, so um, tell me, uh, give me a typical day in the life of a spice smuggler. Uh, well, of course we have to go to, uh, I'm not going to give away the planet where, where we collect. No, of course our, not, I understand. Uh, but we collect it straight from the planet itself, and we bring all of the natural ingredients to a separate planet where we, oh. where we actually manufacture the spice. I did not realize that spice was, uh, was a processed thing. I thought it was naturally Well, occurring. see, that's, that's why not everyone can profit from spice. That makes sense. I, I've understood. Um, is that your crew member right there? Yeah, he's, uh, he's just looking out. Yeah, he, uh, he resembles a, a large dog. Yes. All right, so moving on. Um, tell me, uh, do you ever feel guilty at all about uh, the effect that spice has on the population? Absolutely not. Hmm. Interesting. Um, if you don't mind, I, I have another guest that I'd like to bring in. Oh, absolutely. Yes. Uh, <laughs> oh. Hey, 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 Greg. So, um, uh, as I understand it, you, uh, sir, uh, yeah, you are a um, uh, you are a spice user. Oh yeah, oh yeah, I use that stuff all the time. Uh, yeah, yeah, I, 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 I tried spice uh, the first time when I was younger. Uh, love the stuff, love the stuff, love the stuff, love the right, stuff. Right, right. Yeah, I can't get enough of it. Uh, ever since uh, it's been, uh, I've been on, I've been on the spice for about oh gosh, uh, I would say uh, fifteen cycles at least. Mm. And uh, uh, I can't, I can't tell you for sure because you know, time gets a little wavy uh, when you're uh, on the spice. But uh, I, I love the stuff; couldn't live without it. Yes, I, that's, 15 cycles, that's, that's quite a long time for us. These are usually, you know, right around seven or eight cycles. Uh -huh. It's when you wipe out completely. Yeah. Oh, no, no. Yeah. You know, I mm -hmm. almost wiped out. Uh, at one time, I was like, oh, you're going to wipe out, you're going to wipe out. You know what I did? What'd you do? A lot more spice. Hey, and welcome to Ship Talk. Welcome to Ship Talk. Ship Talk. Yeah. Yeah, I got a, I got a subspace transmission. Of course you do. Yeah, and it's, yeah that's uh, how it always starts with subspace yeah, transmissions. Oh, hey, it's from uh, Skydancer. That's a that's a familiar name, isn't it? Skydancer. 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 Sky I used to know Skydancer. I, I knew a night uh, rider once, but not a Skydancer. Nah. All right, in any case, uh, Skydancer. Yeah. He says, uh, I got a friend who says he did the Kessel Run in twelve in less than twelve parsecs. <laughs> Yeah, uh, he says this can't be true. That's a no, lie. No, there right? is no so. way. I would. Uh, we can. This is going to be a short show because that, of course, is impossible. I, 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 I beg to differ. Do you? Yes, uh, I'm. I think it's totally possible uh, if you got a fast enough ship. There are no ships fast enough to do that in less than twelve parsecs. Well, you know, I know that the standard is like twenty parsecs. I, I understand the, that at uh, the very least. Well, uh, let's explain this to our, to our listeners. You see, uh, the Castle Run, of course, is where uh, they took supplies from right. uh, a planet at the bottom of the quadrant. Right. And, uh, and wanted to get it to Castle. To, right? Yeah, to Castle. Uh, so a you're big old... running to Castle. It's the Castle Run. It's right. not that hard. Uh, but in the middle of the, uh, of the quadrant is a, uh, you know, a black hole. Black hole. hole. Yeah. Giant black hole. Big old uh, black hole. So, uh, right in the way. When you're driving in hyperspace, right, yep. you have to uh, you have to plot it parsec by parsec, right? Yeah, of and course so you do. Staying clear of all the uh, magnetic pull, the event horizon, and all that good stuff. And as all of our listeners know, I'm sure, if you're going around the black hole, you want to get basically as far away from it as you possibly exactly, can. Exactly, exactly. But, you know, let's say you're a hotshot. 
or or, or not too bright. Yeah, yeah. They, and they, and yeah, you, yeah. you're going to take a chance at going a little closer to black hole to cut some time yeah. off of your run, right? Sure. Less parsecs means less time. Sure. You know, if, if, you're, if you're going to go you know, to a place that's 12 parsecs away or a place that's 5 parsecs away, you're going to get to the 5 parsecs faster, right? Yeah, of course. So, imagine yeah. this. Yeah. Instead of going like the big gigantic semicircle around, uh-huh. you go uh, like a small curve around the black hole. This is impossible. No, it's no, not impossible. It no, it's impossible. Look, it's no, not impossible. listen, listen, listen. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. get too close to that black hole, right? you know what's going to happen. Well, yeah, you get you, sucked right in. You're going to get sucked right in. And if you, you don't right get in. sucked right in, there's at least going to be some pieces of your ship that are sucked right off the ship. Okay, so yeah, that, that is true. But Boom, that's no you know, engine. That, that's if you're like, you know, uh, four or five parsecs away. I think you can safely get about seven parsecs away and still seven keep your ship intact. Seven away. Pers- well, if your computer's up to speed. If you got a computer that's you know making the calculations and moving at the right distance, and you, you know you, you need a first class ship. Yeah, you would have to. A first class ship is a, a, an understatement for what you would have to have. You know what they used to make? They used to make those uh, Corellium freighters. You remember those? Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, ugly, but ugly. Ship. Oh yeah, yeah, really ugly. Ugly ship, but. Uh, they they had an amazing navigation computer on that thing, and if you were to tweak it a little here and there, maybe get a woogie in there to hit it with a wrench or something. Yeah, yeah, I think it'd do it. I don't know. I, I gotta, I gotta, I'm gonna have to go ahead and disagree with you on this one. Uh, black hole is not something you want to uh, mess around with, and I don't like. Uh, I don't like uh, misleading our listeners into thinking no, no, that no, they hey, should hey, try listen, something listen, like this. Sky dancer, is, we're not saying this is try dangerous, this, but I am saying it. It is possible. It's possible. Yeah. Uh, if you if you got a a not too bright pilot, sure. B a very fast ship. Uh, it's it's possible, I suppose. But your your uh, your 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 fella here that you say is not too bright. This pilot, he would also have to be uh, so full of himself. Arrogant. Yeah. Absolutely. He would have to be have one to be of arrogant. the most arrogant men uh, uh, possibly ever. The kind of guy who could try to pull off a vest, you know. Just like wearing a vest, like like, yeah, like nice clothing, like you know? they did back about uh, four hundred cycles ago. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no. You see these guys? You go to the bar, you see him, and he's wearing a vest, and yeah, you're, like, you're like, okay, put some sleeves on. All him. right, come what, on. What are you trying to prove? Yeah. What 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 is this look? Yeah, there yeah. is no you know, planet once, where a vest is appropriate. I once saw a guy wearing a vest, Brand? and he was wearing like old uh, imperial pants, so they're like blue with a stripe on it. With the stripe with down the, the stripe side. side. <laughs> Those are ridiculous. Oh, he looks so stupid. Those are ridiculous. Yeah. But anyway, I I I I feel like this is gonna be one of those agree to disagree situations. Hey, look, look, look. The math is there. All right, uh, twelve parsecs is a shorter amount of time. Than twenty parsecs, we we know that. Well, that right? is a fact. And yeah. yeah, parsecs is of course distance, but how do you measure distance? I mean, really, right? You know, the time it takes you to get through it. Sure. But I am going to tell you this. I'm listening. I knew a fella once. Oh, did you? I did. And this fella decided he was going to try and do the Kessel Run and cut some time off of the uh, Kessel Run. And so he tries going around that there black hole. Gets a little too close. Yeah. Loses a little bit of his ship. No. Yeah, he no. sure did. But he kept going, right? Yeah. Lose a little bit more of his ship. Really? He kept going, right? Yeah. And it lost another piece of the ship. Uh-huh. That piece of the ship broke the hull, no. cracked it open. No. Sucked out into space. No. And then sucked out into the black hole. Yeah. Yeah. That's what would happen. That is what would happen. That is what would happen. It is a brutal, horrible way to go, my friend. But, uh, you know, 
uh, all his friends had good stories to tell. That is true. I, I you, do you're tell, telling the story right now. I have told this story so many times. Yeah, yeah I really have. You have. On this show, even. Yeah, yeah. this is That's probably at least the sixth time I've told it on the show. Yeah, the listeners, they, they know that story. They do. I apologize for telling it again, but it is a cautionary tale. Or a call to action. We're being irresponsible. With what do you mean? Out. No, that is not a... We're telling them that they could be great. We're telling them they could be dead. Great or dead, That's those are the odds. That's all you got. You're either going to be great or you're going to be dead. Never tell me the odds. This has been uh, Ship Talk. Yeah, yeah, Ship Talk. Uh, be careful out there, okay? Or not. Yes, hello. And welcome to the history of history. My name is Hartooth Kaboodle, and today we are going to have a chilling recounting of the uh, doppelganger skirmish. Uh, uh, you, sir, please introduce yourself. Um, hello, uh, my name is Jerd. Yes, Jerd. You are uh, very well versed. Jared, in the doppelganger skirmish. Is that not correct? Uh, yes, I have spent the last uh, several several years researching this little-known battle. And today, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but uh, the uh, doppelganger skirmish was sort of uh, the uh, uh, instigation, uh, as it were, to the uh, War of the Clones. Is that not correct? That, that is correct, indeed. Uh, well, the thing is that uh, when you get that many people in a single space that all kind of look like each other, it yes, can yes. be very confusing. It's good. Uh, I, I was told, uh, I first heard about it, about the mess hall skirmish when, when Mr. Number Two... Yes. Accidentally took Mr. Three's apple, and things got bloody after that. Well, of course they did, as everyone knows, because uh, uh, the doppelganger skirmish is well known as the bloodiest of skirmishes. Oh, yes. Yes, (laughs) I know it is. So, you are... Uh, studying this, you've uh, found out about the apple. Uh, now, number two takes it from number three. Uh, I'm assuming because he thought it was his own, because he was confused as to who was who. Absolutely. Uh, after a while, each clone began to forget who they were as individuals. Oh, that's so sad. It, it's, a, it's a little sad. I'm not going to lie to you, uh, but that is... How war begins. We, it is. One we, loses one's sense of identity. Absolutely. And then we just become hostile. Yes, hostile and violent. Oh, so bad. And then there's so much blood. Yes. Indeed. Indeed. Now, these doppelgangers in the doppelganger skirmish. Now, where did these doppelgangers first come from? Well, that... That is a, a, a point of debate. Ooh. I've tried to, to, to reach, reach back as far as I can. Mm-hmm. Um, but they just happened to show up on this big storm planet one Ooh. day. Um, 
to the best of my ability. There is some some shady negotiations yeah. and finances. Ah. Uh, but before I knew it, uh, there was a whole lot of these darn doppelgangers. Oh, yeah. And uh, as we all know, the doppelgangers, of course, all look like each other. It wasn't just like, this guy looked like that guy over there, and then this guy looked like that guy over there. They all look like each other, that's correct? That is correct. There was one, one person. Yes. And his name was Cletus. Yes, Cletus. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. And he was the one that they all looked like, yes? That is correct. Yes. Uh, when I believe they... The people who made the doppelgangers, mm-hmm. uh, they were at a fashion show oh. and said, that is one scrumptious man muffin. Okay. And said, I want a whole army of him. Yes. Now, was this Cletus, uh, uh, outside of being obviously an attractive person, was, was, did he have any special skills in any way? Ooh, um... Cletus yes. was a blank slate, ah, if you would. I see. Um, it's really a man uh, devoid of personality, mm-hmm. therefore very malleable oh. on a manufactured scale. I see. You didn't have a lot of wants or wishes or dreams to really get in the way of the mass production. Ah, uh, yes. So that's why you wouldn't choose someone uh, like uh, that was an extraordinary fighter or or or, or part of uh, the uh, rebellion or the, the main any anyone who was uh, extraordinary in any way. Who you would think, if you were making some sort of of uh, a doppelganger of someone, multiple versions of someone, you would find somebody extraordinary, especially if you were an army, at least someone who could handle a weapon of some sort in an extraordinary way and was known as a fighter. But that is not what they did. They went a whole different direction. A completely different direction. I've spoken to many tacticians, and they really do believe that just nothingness Nothingness was the key. Nothingness is the key ah, yes. when when putting together a cohesive unit. Aha, uh-huh, yes. Well, no, I mean, you can't argue with it because, I mean, there it was, the doppelganger skirmish, which later became the War of the Clone Wars. Yes. Indeed. Well, thank you so much for coming to History on History, and uh, we hope to see you again. Yes. And this once again is GPR News. I am Jasper Beetleblocks, and with me today is, I've got to tell you, this is, uh, quite frankly, very exciting for me. Uh, We have with us Princess Lola. I'm really not a princess. I I am not a princess. It's a common misconception. I don't know exactly where it came from. Uh, Well, I have definitely heard people calling you Princess Lola. That's very strange. I am not a princess. I never was and I never will be. Ah, well, uh, regardless of uh, whether or not you are a princess, and you definitely are, uh, you are now the leader of uh, the uh, revolution, are you not? (laughs) I am. I'm not exactly sure how I got into this situation in the first place. I was in prison, actually, on the Annihilation Station, and Aha, um, yes. I managed to escape with the help of this 
farmer guy and his friend who was a smuggler who had a pet carpet. It was very strange. Oh, my goodness. To be able to get anyone out of the Annihilation Station, they must have been very skilled and brilliant, brilliant, brilliant men because surely the grand, grand sovereign king ruler would not allow that to... I mean, they had to be brilliant, brilliant men. I am almost absolutely sure that it was an accident, but, you know... Uh, on whose part? Um, everyone's... They told me that they found themselves in the garbage. I see. And I'm not exactly sure how they got to my containment center. I just kind of sat there and they were like, You, come with us. You're pretty. So. I, I see. Well, uh, let's not focus on you escaping um, from uh, the Annihilation Station. I right. feel like there's right. no story there. <laughs> uh, but uh, this uh, revolution that you're involved in, mm-hmm. uh, now, uh, what made you want to be in charge of the revolution? I, I really, I don't know how I got here. I'm, I don't want to be in charge. They just put me on a pedestal and told me I was a general and put weird circles in my hair. And I, I don't know. I'll be honest with you. I love this hairdo. I think it's, I think it's lovely. I really do. But you are uh, single-handedly uh, going up against the Grand Sovereign Ruler and Death Xavier, Dark Lord Death Xavier. Right. Single-handedly defying these... Uh, very powerful uh, figures. Uh, why? Um, I don't know. They have nice shoes. They I don't really, really do have fantastic shoes. I really don't want to start a fight with anyone who has good fashion sense. So I, I don't really know why I'm here. I see. I see. Well, you've heard it here first, listeners. The Revolution seems to be (laughs) anything but. Hi, and welcome back to GPR News. Uh, We are doing an expose on crime in the galaxy, and uh, we have set up a secret recording device in a cantina, oftentimes referred to as the most vile pit of villainy and scum in the galaxy. So um, we're going to be checking in on our recording device. Uh, I believe, um, according to my sources, that uh, some illegal smuggling is being arranged. Um, so uh, let's, let's, uh, let's listen in. All right, come on, sit down. No, thank you very much. My name is Harcourt Pendleton Sludge. You can call me Harry Sludge. Or Sludge the First, if you like. I'm just going to call you Sludge. Hey, Sludge, uh, you wanted to meet me. Here we are. So You're uh, quite correct, sir. Yeah. I have an amazing opportunity just for you. Well, uh, we can quietly talk about it here. What? No! Quiet is not the Sludge way. Yeah, no, I'm getting that. So, I say, yeah. is that a woogie? Yeah. I got a woogie over here. You travel with a woogie? Yeah, I travel with a woogie. No, <laughs> that must be interesting. <laughs> it is, but I don't think in the way you mean. 
Yes, well, let's get to brass taxes, they say. <laughs> Aha, I'm not sure what that is, but they say it, don't they? A blast tax? I don't... Like, but... like a tax on firing your weapon? Oh, that sounds terrible, but oh, so ribald. Listen, you yes. wanted to meet me about a job. What's the job? Yes, yes. When Harry Sludge meets you for a job, the job is the job that you want to job. <laughs> All right, listen, you Harry Sludge. Tell me what the job is. Well, do you like women? I mean, yeah. I mean, I know you're traveling with a woogie, but do you like women? I, I... For what? Wait, for what? For I mean, for womanly things? What do, what do you mean, for what? I, I mean, just... specifically why you're asking me is what I'm oh, oh, right, right. Well, you know, uh, back in the days before the Clone Wars, <laughs> mm, yeah. I uh, got my hands on a, a quite a lovely bevy of, um, we'll call them full-service droids, if you know what I mean. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> All right. Uh, and what exactly are you expecting me to do with these full-service droids? Well, I need them delivered. There's a space slug who is really interested in a metal bikinied full-service droid, if you know what I mean. Nom, 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 you you nom, can nom. stop saying if you know what I mean. I know what you mean. But do you uh, know what I mean? Yeah. So you want me to, you want me to take these women? I suppose you, uh, suppose you don't want the authorities to find out about that. Oh yes, yeah. I would very much appreciate if you could avoid any, uh, you know, dominion entanglements, if you know what I mean. Uh, I'm, I'm always gonna know what you mean. Oh really? I've been doing this for a while. If you, well, if you say something to me, I'm gonna know what you mean. Then you know, grease you know up I mean? the mud flaps with your eye holes. Right, I know what you mean. Uh, Do you? I don't care. I was wondering how much this paid. Oh, well, I happen to have an amazing collection of Gregorian Gagagi. You what? Gregorian Gagagi. You know what I mean when I say Gregorian Gagagi. Uh, I, I, don't, I, I don't know what you mean. I don't know what it is. With the diamonds. Diamonds the size of your face. Oh, the giant diamonds. I've always called them giant diamonds. How pedestrian. Yeah, well. Listen, how many of these giant diamonds are you going to pay me? Because this is not going to be an easy job. You gotta how put these women in the ship. You got to keep them in the ship. You got to keep them quiet. Uh, you got to feed them. You got to... You take far too good care of your women. Yeah. No, these are these are full service droids. You can turn them off when you're transporting them. I gotcha. I gotcha. I gotcha. All right. So you do. I gotcha. Get what I mean. <laughs> yes. And if you know you get lonely, you can always erase their memory. <laughs> I'm kind of getting tired of knowing what you mean. Listen, I'll take the job, but turn them all off before you bring them in. Pack them up tight. I don't want to see them. 
I want a bunch of boxes. That's what I want. You bring the boxes into the ship. I take the boxes to where they go. And then the job is done, all right? Man, you're no fun at all. I get that a lot. GPR News. I am Jasper Beetleblocks. Today we've got a guest with us. Uh, this gentleman uh, works. Uh, well, tell us tell us a little bit about yourself and where you're from. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. I'm a, I'm a, like the head engineer of the third quadrant of the fourth uh, level of the uh, Annihilation Station. Oh. So you actually work on the annihilation that's station. That's right. That's right. I am. Uh, I am one of the five thousand employees on the annihilation station. Wow. That's, that's right. That's got to be a very exciting job. No, not at all. I, uh, I, oh. I mostly just sit looking at a blinking light. Oh. If the blinking light goes off, uh-huh. it's bad. Oh. If the blinking light stays on, that's bad. But if it blinks, everything's okay. So. Did you have an issue with your light? Well, you know, um, uh, so the, the light actually uh, blinks when the exhaust is, uh, is, is moving properly. Okay. Because uh, this, this is a big ship. Sure I don't know if you is. know this. It, oh, this yeah. ship is huge. I thought it's it was huge. a moon. It's huge. bigger than it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. People oftentimes mistake it for a moon. I've heard it's how big many it is. people think that. But it ain't. It ain't no moon. No? It, it's Annihilation Station. Uh, right, yes. So, See, uh, I'm still confused. <laughs> so let me tell you something. I, I'm, I'm, I'm doing my job, you know, mm-hmm. and I'm looking at the blinking light, and I'm looking at the blinking light, and then, uh, then some guy comes over the radio, and he says, hey, those revolutionaries are right outside just shooting up the place. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, yeah. The revolutionaries. That's right. They had now, their own ships. For those of you who may not have uh, been listening to some of our other broadcasts, uh, the Grand Sovereign King Ruler, Poppy Seed. Great has, shoes. With, who has fantastic yeah, shoes. Yeah, that's right. He's got great shoes. They're very shiny. Uh, he uh, has alluded to the fact that there are these revolutionaries. Yeah, no, no. It's no longer illusion. You know, this is full-blown. I mean, there are scorch marks on the outside of the Annihilation oh, Station. Let me goodness. tell you something. And, um, wow. Yeah, Just an unprovoked attack. It was totally unprovoked. It was, wow. uh, you know, uh, it was about, a, what, a week after we blew up that planet. Mm-hmm. But still... Uh, but still, you don't think that those are related? 
The blowing up of the planet and then the attack. No. No, not no. after a week. No. Yeah, no, what? No, yeah, no, no. what? I agree no. with you. I'm so, sure that the Grand Sovereign Ruler has done nothing to provoke anything. Yeah, right. That's that's what we all say. So in, in any case, so what's going on is um, uh, outside, you know, there's just boom, 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 zap, zap, zap. And you know, you know what? We were actually feeling shakes where we were. We really? Feel, yeah, we were like, oh, that, that's not good. So I go looking at the charts, right? Uh-huh. I'm looking at the charts, and you know what I, I found? I don't know. Tell me. There was a, a what you would call a, a, a weakness. Really? Yeah, there was a, there was a, a way that if, uh, you know, the, the blinking light, mm-hmm. it's at the vent. Right. Well, if someone were to, like, shoot a, like, a, a proton torpedo into the vent and get it right in the vent right i mean the vent is only like two meters or something okay but if uh, if somebody were to get a a proton torpedo in there it could set off a chain reaction that might just blow the whole thing up Ooh, i can i that's that's a bit of an oversight i would guess but i I don't see how anybody would know that so yeah yeah, i know you'd have to like steal secret plans or something like that and you know who's stealing secret plans no so in any case so then we were, um, we were like, hey, you know, there's a chance this could happen. So we were trying to like hack into like the the radio, right? You know, to listen in on oh, the to on the find transmissions. Out, yeah. To and what? so we actually caught on to this guy, this uh, this uh, sky dancer guy. Okay. Right. He's like he's like uh, one of these fighter pilots. Okay. Uh huh. And he's making the run. Right? Oh. And and he's getting past the fighters. He's getting past the cannons. He's oh, coming right down goodness. the trench. He has targeted. The vent, right? Oh no! And so we're we're like, oh, this is bad. This is the end, this as far as end. you're That's concerned. That's exactly what we were thinking. Yes. And then get this. Uh huh. He's coming up on it. Right. And he turns off his targeting computer. Now, okay. Yes. So he's. I'm. I'm sorry. I'm a little confused. Uh, so he was right there. Yes. And then he turns off his targeting. He turned computer. it off like he was going to do it with his eyes or something. <laughs> <laughs> so in any case, um, we're listening intently. We're like holding our breaths, right? Right. We can oh, even, sure. We can even hear him saying. He was like muttering to himself, right? Uh-huh. He was saying, use the stress. <laughs> can you imagine that? He was going to use the stress. Use the stress. And so, um, so he fires his, his, his torpedoes, right? And uh, he misses by a mile. Sure, of course uh, he would. Uh, you, you, what people don't understand is like when you're when you're trying to hit something like that, mm-hmm. it's not even like that um, that you are shooting right at a target. The target mm-hmm. is actually around a corner, mm-hmm. so the torpedoes actually have to turn like sure. at a ninety degree angle. Yeah, yeah. Um, so you got to be really good. Well, I would and, imagine and so. I, I would think that the targeting computer could only help you. If you're trying this, one would assume. I personally have never uh, uh, been a fighter pilot myself. Um, never flown a fighter or shot a torpedo, but I feel like targeting would be very important. Yeah, yeah, and and here's here's another thing, you know, uh, not for nothing. Um, uh, uh, Dark Xavier, mm-hmm. he was actually piloting out there too. He was fighting the fight. Dark Xavier he, himself. He got into wow. himself. Yeah, this but really was something. This is interesting. Mm-hmm. He didn't use his targeting computer. Well, that's a very smart thing. I, it was an that's interesting decision, no, um, but I, that, uh, that that Sky Dancer kid, he, he got away. As, as I'm sure was the plan. I, I don't know. I'm just saying, you know, and, 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 and here's the weirdest thing. This big old ship that looked like a hamburger with a bite taken out of it mm-hmm. comes swooping down out of nowhere uh-huh. and starts shooting up the place, right? Okay. 
and, and, and lays down the cover for this Skydancer kid to get away. Ah. Have you ever seen one of those hamburger ships? I, I think I know which kind you're talking yeah, about. They're yeah, they're crazy. Yeah. Well, you know, they say that you don't have to be aerodynamic in space, but, you know, these ships, they fly in atmosphere. I, um... You know, they land on planets. I didn't think they made those anymore. Oh, I, they don't make them no more because they're stupid. Yeah, they're they're a, a really silly ship. Yeah, no kidding. Yeah, no, they no, make no it's, sense. It's weird yes. because, like, you you try to take off in one of those when you're you're on a planet. It's not it, it, going it, to no, go well. It's, no, it's, no, you're just it's, in a flat hamburger. Right, ship. it's weird. Mm-hmm. Don't you think it's weird? I do think it's weird. It's weird. Uh, but well, uh, they call them fast ships, but I don't know. I don't think. I don't think say, they I don't could think that's be. That's the way it's going to work. Uh, uh, now, ladies and gentlemen, this is quite a tale we've had. Yes, uh, it, we, it was a near miss. A near miss. Because oh no! Actually, when you turn off the computer, it was, <laughs> it was, it was a far miss. It a was a far big miss. miss. A near far miss uh, from uh, what seems to be a very, very ignorant. Uh, fighter for turning off his targeting computer, uh, uh, but of course, uh, Death Xavier um, really coming in and doing some amazing work by turning off his targeting computer. Yeah. So, what a what a great moment for Death Xavier and all of the uh, the galactic domain. The galactic domain. I yeah. am. Go domain. Go, go domain. Uh, I believe that's all we have for today. Thank you so much for joining us. Hi, and welcome back to GPR News. We are witness to an amazing event, an event that hasn't happened for some 200 cycles. Today is the first official knighting ceremony of a Dijai knight. A Dijai knight, of course, being a mystical character, a thought to be completely extinct, really, uh, an old religion forgotten by most, uh, although heavily practiced merely 20 years ago. So here we have an amazing opportunity to see ancient and nearly forgotten ceremony. Oh, here comes the, uh, the Grand Knight. The Grand Knight is going to knight uh, his apprentice. The apprentice gets on one knee. Um, oh, it's very regal. And uh, the Grand Knight is, uh, is lighting his laser sword. Oh, the laser sword is amazing. It is an amazing weapon. If you've never seen it in action, um, oh, it looks like he's going to lower the sword to the right shoulder of his apprentice. And oh, I, mm, I'm not sure that's that's how that's supposed. Oh, wait, no, no, he's now lifting the sword and bringing it down on the left shoulder. Oh, shoulder. I see. Um, well, that's it's intriguing to be sure. I, I. I feel that this is this is not the way this ceremony was meant to go. Oh, oh, oh! So it would seem that uh, that the that the two deep cuts on either shoulder have met in the center, and uh, the wedge that is his chest has detached from the body. Um, this is wholly not expected, and, and perhaps why this ceremony has not been conducted in over 200 cycles. Uh, this, is, uh, this is a tragic moment. Uh, however, the, uh, the, the, grand, uh, the grand knight, uh, the grand DJ knight, seems to be fine. He, uh, he, he thinks that uh, the ceremony went according to ancient text and ritual, and... Uh, and he seems satisfied with the results. So, um, all right, uh, I guess I will uh, 
I'll be signing off now. Um, perhaps I'll pick up some spice on the way home. You're listening to GPR News. Welcome to This Galactic Life. I'm Fire Blast. And today we're going to be talking about bounty hunters. Most specifically, what bounty hunters wear. If you're like me, you just assumed that a bounty hunter just grabbed whatever he could and went on his way hunting bounties. This is not the case. No, not at all. Uh, We have a designer here with us today. I introduce yourself. Hi, I'm Ramel the Honeymoon, and um, I'm sorry, Ramelda. Ramelda Honeymoon. Ramelda. I apologize. Ramelda Honeymoon. I'm sorry. No, I I wasn't <clears throat> sure. Uh, now, Ramelda, you're a, a designer uh, yes. that specifically uh, uh, works with bounty hunters. Absolutely. Oh well. That's exciting. I would imagine you enjoy this. I, I, I do. I do. Um, you know, there's nothing more exciting than making a name for somebody out there in the world. Well, yes, <laughs> I would. I would. I would say that would be true. Uh, now, uh, your designs are all very different because I know uh, when I'm out and about and I see a bounty hunter doing his thing. Uh, I, I, I never see two bounty hunters that look alike. Not anymore, you don't. No. Ever since I got in the business, before I came here, everybody was red shirts across the board. Red shirts. Forgettable. Forgettable as the next Tuesday. I don't even remember it. Exactly. But now, one week on the boards, oh, you can just list off a couple bounty hunters, you know. Uh, there's the one guy. Yep. Uh, he's got like a thing on his head. That's my uh, client. Yeah. Oh, well, the, well, the bucket head guy? Bucket is that head you? guy is my first success star. No. Mm. Tell me more about bucket head guy. Bucket head guy. He came in. He was like, hey, I have stuff to do. Uh-huh. Bounties to hunt. Bounties. To hunt. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> uh, bounties to hunt. Uh-huh. I feel like I'm just being lost in the shuffle. He's like, I'm forgettable. People don't see me and get a sense of, oh, I done messed up. Oh. Because the, the bounty hunter would like to strike fear Absolutely. into the heart. So, um, you met with this bounty hunter. He was wearing something drab and absolutely uh, un, unexciting, mm-hmm. and so you remade him absolutely from the ground up. Ah, so you would start with the boots then. Always, you start with a good boot. You gotta have a good, strong foundation. Sure, make an impact. Sure, okay. Um, and then you moved up. Now, tell me, where did you get the helmet, the bucket head? I mean, obviously, it's not an actual bucket. It's not an actual bucket. Actually, it, I'm going to be honest. It's a bit of a collaboration. It was a family heirloom of his. I just painted oh. it nice and made it kind of go oh. with the rest of the outfit. That's fantastic. So you made it personal to him. Absolutely. Wow. I have to have a personal touch in your ruthless killers. Right. And now he is very ruthless and very famous. Everybody knows him. His name is Bubble Tea. Oh, Bubble uh, Tea. And Bubble Tea... Uh, is strikes 
fear into any uh, the heart of any man who is sitting in some bar and and he walks in. I want to know. I'm. I just want you to be honest with me. You don't have to reveal anything. Yes. Is that his real name? <laughs> oh, the stories I could tell you about Bubble Tea. <laughs> he doesn't want me to elaborate. Oh, no, though, but, like, yeah, I thought that was. Probably we honestly an should have only told one story about him, but oh. now people just want more of him all oh, the really? time, and I'm just like, keep the mystery. I knew a fella. He fancied himself a writer of sorts, oh. and uh, he actually would write stories. He was a fan <gasps> of this bubble tea guy, and he would write these fictional stories about the bubble tea mm-hmm. fella. Yeah, uh, uh, and he, I, I was just dumbfounded that he could be that obsessed with the bubble tea, and I feel like that has a lot to do with your work. I'm just saying, you make an impression with your looks first, right? Everybody kind of forgets the actions. Uh huh. But an iconic, iconic silhouette. Right. That's what we strike. Right. Yes. Uh, people forget the um, the the blasting. Oh. Uh, the breaking of the bones. Mm-hmm. Uh, the freezing in the metals. You know. Uh, they forget these things, but what they do remember is that pose Ugh. with the backlight mm-hmm. and the little, uh, there's a thing on the side of the helmet. Oh, yeah. Yep. Look, like an antenna? The, the, I, I, I call that the mailbox flipper. Oh, the mailbox mm-hmm. flipper. Mailbox ah. flipper. Ah. Oh. Is that... Is that what you call the helmet? Oh, the, the mailbox? The mailbox and then the mailbox flipper. It, he doesn't always have it up, but uh, when it's up, you know he's got down for business. That is amazing. Well, I, I, it has been an absolute delight. Oh, thank you so today, much. And I, would love to, I, I think I could talk to you forever. Oh, I, could, I you better. I could talk to you forever about the bounty hunters and your designs, but I'm afraid we're out of time. Oh, so uh, come check with us again on This Galactic Life, and we'll, we'll talk more with uh, someone hopefully as interesting as, as our guest today. Hi, and welcome back to Starlight Edition. Uh, we are just looking at an interesting phenomenon that has been cropping up on planets all around. Um, we have come across a small Terran planet, uh, a little uh, blue marble in a single single sun uh, solar system. Uh, we, uh, we have actually uh, abducted a... Uh, a citizen of that planet uh, who had an amazing encounter with uh, what we're going to be calling the hunter species of alien. So, um, sir, uh... Where am I? Why am I here? What are you doing with me? Uh, yes. What is this place? I understand that you're uh, discombobulated, but... Um, this... Discombobulated is not a statement. It's fighting the hunter. Are you on the hunter? Do you work with the hunter? Are you the hunter worker? The guys who work with the hunter? I'm sorry, ladies and gentlemen. It would seem that our uh, translators are not working. Um, I'm just going to uh, uh, try... Uh, I'll, I'll amplify the translation powers... Uh, just a little here. Okay, so, um, so, sir, um, tell us, uh, did you have an encounter with the hunter alien? Yeah, I had an encounter with the hunter alien. Yeah, of course I did. I've been fighting him. I've been trying to survive. But I can't survive because the hunter is hunting, you know? Right. He's hunting so, me. Um... He's hunting. I'm in the jungle. 
I'm in the jungle with my, I got, I'm a soldier. I mean, out in the jungle and the hunter comes and he's the, you can't see him. He's like a, he's like a shadow, but not a shadow, but he's like, he's made of glass, but he's not made of glass. He's hard to see. Yes, uh, could we get a translation droid in here? I don't uh, know why. Yes, We're okay, speaking great, the same great. language. Uh, okay, I don't... Um, so, sir, if you could just speak into uh, this translation droid. Uh, the hunter is hunting me. So the translation droid has exploded. Um, let's uh, let's 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 just uh, take it slow then. Um, okay. Oh, see, I understood that. Um, tell me, um, how did you, a um, well, there's no other way to say it, weak little girly man, weak, uh, defeat a hunter alien. The hunter alien was trying to kill me. Yes, well, that's that's what they do. I killed him. Really? I think so. So the average hunter alien is nine feet tall. At least. Yes, and you seem to be somewhere in the six-foot range. Six-two. Yes. But it can't, you, have you seen the hunters? Their faces open up. Yes, yes. That is a common trait uh, in, in the region. Where the faces just open. Yeah. Uh, what kind of creature's face just opens up? Well, imagine, if you will, um, eating something very messy and having an extra uh, flap to catch. Uh, I don't have to imagine it. He ate my friend. We opened up his flaps and he ate my friend. His, my friend's face was in his face flaps. That is troubling, but um, let's, uh, let's, let's move forward here. Um, it would seem that uh, in defeating the hunter, yeah. uh, uh, a small thermonuclear device was employed. Did you use this? Thermonuclear there device? There was a thermonuclear device. I'm sorry, what, what did you say? Just what you said. It was a thermonuclear device. I'm sorry, uh, could you, what? The device. The device. The thermonuclear device. The Thermopolis. The more nuclear device. All right, so, um, ladies and gentlemen, we are obviously having some translation issues. You're not following the translation. You gotta listen to me. I'm talking to I'm talking to Hunter and Countess. You gotta use a fire in the garden. He's got the three little diamonds, and then they come down you. And you don't know. And then he's nice, see through. And then there's all this light in the jungle. And then he's got it. No, no. And blah, 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 blah. And the boy. No more Hunter. So it's obvious that the hunter has employed some kind of brain deteriorating uh, agent. Uh, perhaps it is something that he. Has I don't seen. have the data. I'm going. I'm going to find my way out of this ship, and I'm going to get. You know, you can't keep me on this ship. I'm going to get jungle in the Well, um, that Terran just killed four of my crew members uh, with a stick, and what appeared to be. Uh, a fork of some type, but it's not the right uh, way. There's got to be a door around here somewhere. 
there are three more of my crew uh, murdered by this uh, raving lunatic. Um, oh, no, he opened the air hatch and jumped into open space. So, um, this has been GPR News. Uh, we will return you to your regularly scheduled program.